comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Soon to be a major motion picture. And so I looked at her and I said, It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. And she said, Well, can I call you Indiana? And I said, We named the dog Indiana. She goes, How about just Indy then? And I said, I love you. And then we giggled and we had fun and we said goodbye never to see each other again. Golly, that is a great first date. I love it. Yeah. But it was the last date too. So it was a great first last date. Mm-hmm. What he's not telling, yeah. What he's not telling everybody is that uh, he's had to make uh, three emergency landings at airports uh, in the last few years. So it's true. I almost lost know. my pilot's license. You know, so I heard. I, now. Uh, I I don't know what I saw the other day, but uh, I, I I saw some program where these people were attending a party with a lot of celebrities coming to it, and this one person, it was fictional, and this one person goes. And uh, Harrison Ford's going to fly himself in. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. He'll be landing right behind John Denver. It's too soon for that? What? Nothing? Yeah. Well, feel free to lay out on that. John Denver's an American treasure. Yeah. I didn't say, I didn't say it wasn't. Hey, um, I've been working on my saw- we just saw Logan Lucky. Uh, we saw Logan Lucky uh, last weekend for the first time ever. We got on a uh, minor Daniel Craig kick. Uh, the 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 daughter, uh, the precious daughter, and I uh, sat down and watched um, um, uh, Knives Out, um, a good Ryan Johnson movie. Was that have to do with and John then, Denver? Huh? Was that have to do with John Denver? Okay, well, never mind then. <laughs> no, I mean, we can talk about it, but yeah, let's start the episode. Okay, I thought we did. Well, you usually say, hey, welcome, this is the number, blah, 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 blah. Welcome to episode 494 of Half Hour Wasted, the John Denver Appreciation episode. (laughs) All right. So, guys, Country Boy, greatest song ever or best song ever debate? Mm. No, see, in in Logan Lucky... Um, which was uh, a great movie or no, I mean, I uh, thought, knives out was a, was a great movie. I have yeah. yet to see Logan lucky and I would very so much we, like we, to, we watched like, we watched knives out and then we watched Logan lucky to, uh, two very un Daniel Craig, like Daniel Craig, uh, uh, uh added movies and um in the second movie it wasn't a daniel craig thing but uh uh the protagonist um played by um oh my gosh what's the the big uh the big beefcake who was in 21 jump street um 
uh, he, he and his daughter have a uh, uh, have a moment because his favorite song is a uh, is "Take Me Home, Country Roads" by John Denver. So, there's your connective tissue, boys and girls. The uh, when just, Fallout '76 came out, they did a a remix of that song that is uh, that I love. Um, uh, Take, Take me, home, me country. home, country roads. Yeah, and who did this cover? Well, if you look up a commercial for uh, for Fallout seventy six, the video game, oh, okay. uh, you'll come across it. It is a beautiful rendition, and I don't know if you, uh, you know, once upon a time ago, guys, we had put together audio postcards for our ten year anniversary. Uh, I don't know if those, did those ever air. Uh, <laughs> did those ever run? I honestly don't know if. Well, it it was a it was a Legion of Dudes thing, so I honestly oh, don't okay. know if that ever happened. I don't think it did, and uh, because I I use that. Song, I could be very uh, wrong. Yeah, uh, I do use that song in mine, and uh, 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 "Take Me Home, Country Road." That is a very sweet, beautiful song. Um. Well, that's how my um, issue is. Up. I had to grow up listening to that song over and over and over again. <laughs> that song helped the crew of the Covenant find uh, the planet of the uh, engineers and the and the android David. So yeah, it didn't really work out for them. No, that it well. did not. So it probably would have been better if they just just kind of missed it. I just realized right that I hadn't been using my headphones at the first five minutes of this podcast. No, Good three heaven. minutes. So if the if the recording sounded funny, that's why. And now it sounded fine to me. Oh, recording. Yeah, the recording. Fine. Um. Uh. Oh. Also, just real quick, I have a real quick correction on facts. Uh, episodes ago, um, I had oh, mentioned God, that I had been reading. Go. I had been reading Earth X, and um. Oh. I said good. it was not drawn by Alex Ross, but it was drawn by Jim Kruger. That is yes. incorrect. It is oh my. written by Alex Ross and Jim Kruger. It is drawn by John Paul Leon. He deserves the credit for that, John Paul Leon. Yeah. And uh, I'm he, just about finished with Earth X. Man, it is good. I never read it before in this kind yeah. of depth, paid this much attention to it. It's great. I um uh not long after I got um uh Marvel Unlimited uh I ran through the X trilogy and uh um found it uh, increasingly dark but uh, a fine read. Cool. I plan on reading the whatever came after Earth X eventually you as continue. well. So. It it, uh, it it felt to me a lot like the uh the three um uh Infinity uh trilogies, okay. the originals, you know, Gauntlet War and um uh whatever the third one was with with uh her Cool. Her name. Yes. I uh, I recently uh, listened to the audiobook of Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, either of you have you guys ever read this? No. Or you listen to audiobooks all the time, what baby. Is, what it's because you he can can't hear? read, Bill. We talked about <laughs> not bringing this up read. again. Yeah, but I thought he couldn't you know, hear No, my illiteracy is, I, is a painful, painful, embarrassing secret. Frank, not read like, good. Uh, this is a bunch of this is a bunch of junk. I've been signing to Frank for four hundred ninety three episodes. <laughs> I've been wasting time and energy for um, years. This this book, while it's marketed as a sci fi novel, oh my god, it's not. It's so good, guys. The uh, I think it was the end of chapter two, like the last sentence in chapter two, or maybe chapter four, um, but one of those. 
dumbfounded me. It was such an incredible line. Uh, I, I all I know is that if you if you love uh, stories about minutia of law, what how how law works, this book will just amaze you. It was so good. Uh, a basic premise is I smell. I smell sarcasm. No, no, Uh-oh. not at all. Hang on. I'm, I'm going to give you just a brief overview, and I won't go into great detail. But uh, um, in the future, uh, some colonists go up to Mars to try to settle in, and uh, it's failed. We lost contact with them. Years and years later, another colonist colonists go up, and uh, they realize that there was only one survivor, but he was a descendant of the first group that went up there. And there are Martians, though uh, we know they exist. Uh, they're never really described to us. But uh, that person is brought back to Earth, and he's essentially a human that's been grown, uh, grew up in Martian culture. And uh, and he comes to Earth, and there is a big debate about uh, about how Mars is represent. Uh, uh, I guess it comes down to uh, uh, is Mars its own planet or does the U.S. own it or does the moon own it? And guys, it is it floored me. It was so 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 good. Interesting. When uh, when did this uh, come out? When was it published? Let's see, early sixties. Oh wow! So okay, for so the it's... moon race, uh, there they do some they they do some speaking about futuristic tech though they don't do a lot of it but there's a couple things in there that you kind of have to roll your eyes but uh but it's not too much they don't have any like uh uh rosie the robot maids or anything like that but they they do have a couple of like uh uh like a lot of food is synthetic so uh like this one guy takes someone out and they go i'll take you out for a real steak and they go not a synth steak and they go no a real (laughs) steak (laughs) With a uh, lovely serving of synthahol to go with it. No yeah, exactly. But if you get a chance, uh, if you're looking for a sci-fi book that is not sci-fi heavy, check it out. Check, okay, name name again and author? Stranger in a Strange Land. Oh. And I have to look up the author. Robert Heinlein? There you go. Oh, my Heinlein. goodness. Okay. Uh, I've actually, I'm... I'm I'm familiar, obviously, as, as most people are with Robert Heinlein's work, but uh, I've never read Stranger in a Strange Land, obviously. Even though David Bowie uh, based uh, some of his music on that. Or no, he uh, uh, didn't they do an, an indie movie or some crazy thing? Um, you, you will gronk the book once you start it. Nice. And, that, and that's I'm a about, reference to, to the book, gronk, the as, word. As someone, as someone who long has been fascinated with, uh, I haven't read every, uh, every sci-fi tome out there, but uh, I've always been fascinated by the, uh, especially the, the, the guys in the fifties and sixties and their, their, you know, their guesses as to what the future is going to look like. Um, you know, the Asimovs and the, the Herberts and the, you know, all those guys. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, uh, Arthur C. Clarke is, uh, is also, you know, a favorite, you know, these can't, these aren't spoilers to anybody. Um, you know, y'all have heard of these people, but, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I love the, uh, um, the cool way that you just, you cannot predict the future, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, the way they're, they're, uh, delightfully off at times and, and, uh, on the inverse, surprisingly close, like, yeah. uh, uh, there are times when it's, it's just like, that's going to happen. Like, uh, it, it's just amazing. Uh, it's early just sci-fi is, is amazing. 
It's interesting to me that in none of these uh, uh, theoretical futures uh, is there something like an internet, and uh, maybe maybe they all got it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad, you went to Madness Comics yesterday, didn't you? What? Yeah, I had to run some errands. I went to uh, a, a a friend of my daughter Ashley is making face masks and selling them for cheap. So I went and to I drove up to McKinney and actually picked a few up. I got a, a a a just a plain navy one. I got a purple with paisley one. I got a Dallas Stars mask and was gonna pick up a, another Star Wars mask because I I've already gotten two from this girl, a Marvel one and a Star Wars. I can't find the Star Wars, so I was gonna get another Star Wars, but she didn't have it, so I just got a plain one. And then I picked up a Scooby Doo mask for Allison. So on the way out of McKinney, I went south to Madness because oh, let me just get them <clears throat> because my kids and I have started playing D and D. We've played twice now, and uh, I'm just I'm all in on D and D. By the way, I'm just there. You go. Awesome. The last. <laughs> Let me tell you what, for the last three weeks at least, maybe longer, the only thing, and I mean only thing, I've watched on TV has been um, videos by this D&D group called Critical Role. And you may or may not have heard of them, but they've been around for, gosh, maybe at least five, six, seven years now. Um, playing, It's a group of voice actors that play D&D together. And uh, they've been playing long before together long before they started uh, filming their games and putting them on YouTube. They have become this massive, massive phenomenon uh, uh, amongst the D&D uh, world. And their fans are called Critters because Critical Role is the name. Okay, so on a 20-sided die, when you roll a 20, that is a Critical Role, R-O-L-L. And it that is a positive res- result, regardless of any situations or modifiers or whatever. If you roll a 20, that is a critical roll, and it's a positive result for you. Well, D&D is a game of role-playing, R-O-L-E, so they named themselves Critical Role, R-O-L-E. And so I've been watching this group. Uh, you know, I'm the DM in my game with my kids, so I've been watching this group uh to learn how to DM and I have completely fallen head over heels in love with this group, the story. It's like watching a soap opera. So I've been watching these guys literally for three weeks. I have not watched anything else on television for three weeks. <laughs> Can't your cable. Yeah. So anyway, I went to madness comics. I have enough dice, but you never know. You might see some other dice that are ooh, pretty. So I went there, but I was really going there to, to look. I had seen a whole rack full of their little miniatures that you can play D and D with. And my two kids are player char- player player characters, and in the new fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons, they introduced this thing called sidekicks. Maybe it was in a previous edition, maybe not. But um, so, if you have a small group of people you're playing with, but you need more in the party, more characters, then you can give each player character a sidekick. And so, I have decided. Uh, I gave each of my kids a sidekick, and I went to um, uh, Madness to find little. Uh, miniatures for them so i'm holding up a human wizard (laughs) a human wizard character and a female dwarf fighter so these are the two uh, sidekicks that one one of them ashley controls one of them allison controls so that's why i went to uh madness yesterday and i looked around and 
Uh, you know, Bill was joking about when I told y'all I was going to madness, Bill says, good luck with your social distancing. And everybody was wearing masks. You know, recently in Texas, the governor has instituted a statewide mandatory mask order um, for going out in public, for going into stores and this and that. And he's kind of rolled back on some things as far as what bars are legally allowed to do and restaurants and all this stuff. It's, it's just a big mess. But I think for the most part, Everybody is complying with this mask order. In fact, I went to Target also on the way back yesterday, and everybody in the store was wearing masks because outside of all these stores now, in the last couple of days, there have been signs that have said, you must wear a mask to enter these, this establishment. So I did some see some people on their way out, you know, as those last set of exit doors are or opening for people to leave the store. Somebody, some people had already had their mask hanging by one ear. They just couldn't wait to get it off of there. So at least people are complying, whether you believe in it or not. You know, if you want to go shopping, you know, in stores, you have to wear the mask. So, um, Tell but me about at the at, at the Madness store, uh, so Madness, we all know Madness is one half store uh, comics, and maybe more than half is merchandise and then there's a one third of the square footage probably which is a big gaming area um there's no gaming going on they've got it closed off this is we will reevaluate week by week whether or not we're going to open the gaming area that kind of thing but everybody in the store had a mask um was it packed it wasn't uh, it wasn't packed but it was was, i would say it was busy i mean would you say um would you say the uh, how much the business were uh, were gamers in there versus uh, comic purveyors? Because madness, uh, people for anybody who doesn't know, madness is is probably the I think it's got to be the the largest square foot wise store in DFW, right? I mean, it's it's enormous. Uh, I've seen it move yeah, twice, easily. and each time it gets bigger. I think so. Um, um, there were plenty anyway, of people in the gaming area looking at, you know, they've got that. Okay. It's ringed by the Magic the Gathering yeah, card yeah. Uh, display cases. So, so there was plenty so there of people looking game, around. So there might there have been used to be uh, buying stuff. But. Yeah. There, there used to be, I can tell you what the smallest store probably was, uh, Keys Comics off of, uh, I think it was Midway. Yeah. That was probably the smallest comic oh my store gosh. in town. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> yeah. pretty tiny. But, um, it was... Uh, Back when Lone Star had uh, had branches, there was one at Independence and uh, Parker uh, next to a Tom Thumb that was about the size of a shoebox, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're, they're still in business. I mean, Madness, it, I, it was it was bustling. I'll just put it that way. We've, bo- we've all Good. seen it busier than it, than it was. Um, but it – and I would say most of the people in there actually were on the gaming side of – the um of the store as opposed to the comics and merchandise side of the store so because we've talked about this before but uh one of the things that has saved uh, your local comic shop is the adoption of the game dungeon concept um uh, which amuses me I'm, that's not a uh it's not a pejorative i'm, I'm not no, trying not to down anybody who plays games no certainly not um you better not be because you know, i've i've fallen in dude, with, with the D crowd dude, man dude I, I, I Games bring people together so oh, sure. beautifully. Uh, yes. I, I belong to a, I used to belong to a meetup where we played board games every Sunday, and I cherished my time with that group. That's Even awesome. just playing a, a simple board game with my kids is. Well, I'm. 
Awesome. I'm sure we've gone through this before, but um, I mean, I started playing D and D in the fifth grade. Uh, my best friend's older brother and some of his friends started getting into it, and uh, it took us another year to get there. But I was playing D and D in the sixth grade, so yeah, I'm I'm not throwing stones. Good lord, no. Um, hell, I've forgotten how to play. Um, it's fun. I've, well, I've still got my I've still got all my characters um, or the the few characters that I had. Um, I. Uh, a few years ago, went out just for fun and uh, bought, uh, found it at half price, uh, a monster manual, an original monster manual, and um, did not pick up a Dungeon Master's Guide um, just because I wasn't one to get that deep into it. Any, I'm, yeah, see, I'm that, that's that fancy up. and shiny. Any, looking. Anything um, that it, has that font and that yeah. design right there is from the new uh, fifth edition. Okay. My understanding, and I don't, I don't know enough. I don't know a lot about pre fifth edition D and D, but my understanding is that if you try to bring an older character into the fifth edition, there is some kind of character conversion process that you can go through to quote unquote, normalize it for fifth edition play. Oh, so. they, they'd love, uh, I'd love to see how they'd uh, work my, uh, my main character. Mm-hmm. We, wow. uh, we, we, we played. Uh, I had like three characters and played one of them for years and years, and uh, yeah, he, he got to be you know more powerful than gods. But yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes in D and don't know in previous levels, uh, previous editions of DVD, but characters only uh, ascend to twenty level twenty okay. in here. I thought I had heard that maybe it went to twenty five in a previous edition. I don't know. I could be very wrong, but. Um, the uh, the characters only go to twenty in here, and they they've introduced some some new character classes and races in um, in fifth edition. So I'm I'm enjoying learning about it, and you know you talked about creating friends by playing these games. I've been watching these Critical Role folks for three four weeks now, and I've already seen a character death, and I was just si- and they they are big into the role-playing part which is great because they're actors anyway you know so they really get into the role-playing part and they were all mourning a character and i'm just sitting on my couch crying i'm just crying like one of my friends had just died i mean it's it's great it's like watching a soap opera you know you watch a show you watched breaking bad for five years or lost for six years you get invested in these characters each of these episodes by the way are three and a half four hours long Okay, so, I was going to ask. I'm on episode 30, so do the math. <laughs> you know, that's how many hours of this story I've watched. So I'm invested, you know. But my kids and I have we've played twice. Ashley's been on video chat both times. I'm really enjoying it. It's fun. I'm really happy my kids like it as much as they do. So in this 90 90 90 hours or so um that you've watched um how many campaigns have they gone through? Well, this group as a whole is in their second campaign. Their first campaign probably lasted them five years. Wow. Yeah, okay. they played the same campaign for five years. <laughs> and, you know, they were these characters for five years. And then that campaign ed- ended, and then they all rolled new characters for campaign two, which is what they okay. are in. And wow. this guy, this, cool. this dungeon master, his name is Matthew Mercer. He created his own world, you know. D and D, yeah. A lot of D and D is um, taken up by the Forbidden Realms, um, or is it Forbidden Realms? Or forbidden? I think it's Forbidden Realms or Forbidden Worlds. One, one of those. Anyway, it's kind of like 
comic books have different universes. DC, Marvel, Image. Apparently, yeah. D&D has the same thing. Forbidden Realms, whatever, whatever. <laughs> this guy, Matthew Mercer, created his own world. His own universe, basically. And that's where they've been having their campaigns. But they use 5th edition rules and monsters and that kind of thing. So, um, it's, pretty, it's pretty neat. I mean, if you ever... Just one word warning, though. If you get if you start watching uh, Critical Role Campaign Two, Episode One, be prepared to to do nothing with the, your free time for the for the foreseeable future. <laughs> so it sounds like the kind of thing you could uh, maybe throw on in the background. Um, mm, maybe you don't want to do that. A, a good work from home. No, you okay. You want to pay attention because there's stuff that comes back up and. You know, story stuff that comes that. back up later. There's jokes that come back up later. I kind of feel like I know <laughs> these people now. It's crazy. Like, people, after listening to us for 10 years or whatever, they kind of feel like they know us a little bit. We've heard that yeah. from people. That's kind of what, the way I am with, with these characters. Because I'm watching real people play a game, and I kind of feel like I know them. And people, our fans, listen to us, real people talking, and they kind of know us. It's kind of the same thing. Anyway, well, that's cool. Yeah, Bill, how how have you been? Uh, uh, what new things have you stumbled across lately? Well, I would love to say that I've uh, I've become a whole new person and discovered uh, mighty new uh, universes of uh, of delight. But uh, um, no, as I think we've talked about, um, I am uh, I am a so called uh, essential employee who uh, gets to go to work every day. So uh, my life has not changed a whole lot. Um, I uh, the daughter and I have been uh, rolling through uh, Fringe. Uh, that's been our um, that's been our thing for the last nice. uh, few weeks now. It's pretty, I, pretty you, awesome. We're halfway through uh, season that, seven. You mentioned that a, a few episodes ago, and I had said out loud, "I'm going to start rewatching it." Well, then I got nice. sidetracked by Critical Role. So, well, yeah, I fully intend no, on going back good. and watching Fringe. Fringe was just, it was just amazing. Yeah, I. Um, uh, I I could I could go on I could waste the rest of this episode talking about how much I love Fringe I love everything about it uh, Zoe and I uh, uh, it took Zoe about uh, about one episode to completely fall in love with the great Walter <laughs> uh, um, you know one of the great characters uh, I've ever seen um, man if your name's Walter uh, you might have a, a future in uh, TV um, because uh, let's see Walter White um, um, Cry, our man John Cry. Noble. Yes, yes, um, man. Uh, what good stuff! But uh, now I'm, I'm uh, of the of the very little free time that I uh, that I give myself. Um, I've been trying to get back out on the disc golf course. So, um, so a, a, a typical weekday for me might be uh, um, going to work and uh, getting off of work, and then driving to a disc golf course, and then trying to squeeze around in, and then getting home, and then walking the dog, and then grabbing something to eat, and then it's this friggin' nine thirty. <laughs> So, so yeah, I um, I've I've have not had much time to veg on anything, um, and it's weird because I'm um, uh, I keep telling myself go back and go back and rewatch uh, you know shows that I've seen like one time that I loved you know Battlestar Galactica um, you know uh, roll out my Farscape box set you know that that kind of thing uh, 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 rewatch DS Nine um, you know that kind of stuff but. Um, 
I don't know. I just uh, I just can't uh, convince myself to do it. Uh, when I do have a few moments of downtime, I've uh, recently picked back up, and I'm not good at it. Um, I'm I'm okay at it, but uh, um, I just I'm I'm a huge sucker for uh, injustice too. Um, but mainly, I've been um, frustrating myself continually by uh, playing uh, my uh, my golf club 2019 game, um, which is stunning. And uh, you know, I, I there's probably a lot of people out there like me who've been playing golf video games since they were invented in you know in atari um <laughs> we said uh brad frank do you do you guys remember um uh i'm trying to remember how late in uh prime media's run it was but at one point at work um we had a a, a gigantic room uh that we could lock doors to or we'd keep a lot of our set pieces a lot of our uh furniture and all that well um uh, there were a few years there at a time where we didn't have a whole lot to do. And, uh, so we would, uh, we would fashion that room into like a lounge and we had a giant TV and, uh, we had this, uh, this beautiful, uh, golf video game. Oh, I, mine, I thought mine was right there on the shelf behind me, but it's not, but this cheap old video game that we would, uh, that we would play not for hours and hours and hours. We weren't total, you know, we weren't shirking responsibility totally, but uh, we definitely go back there and play. So, I mean, it's I played it. We played on Atari. We played it on television. I played it at work. Uh, I play it now, and um, I find that uh, it's a constant source of frustration for me. So, uh, why am I still playing it? I have no idea. But because uh, you're a uh, man, I love- and you're gonna assert your dominance over this artificial intelligence. I I love video game golf. Um, Sage. Uh, Sage asked me if you could pick up Watch Dogs 2 last night, and I said, yeah, all right, go for it. Um, and so he started, uh, Sage is one of those that uh, he, he, he plays everything online. Um, he doesn't, uh, uh, he doesn't play solo like I do. You know, I, I grew up, I'm so old that I grew up, uh, you know, playing one player, sometimes two players at a time, you know, but then, you know, your life would end and you have to step aside and let the other guy at the controls of the, uh, you know, the game at the, the gold mine. Um, nowadays you do it from your couch and, uh, yeah, you know, Sage is, Sage has got a crew of about a half dozen to a dozen people that, uh, he plays all his, all his stuff online with. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, just you know, wow. What what passes for uh, recreation for kids these days is uh, is far different from the world we grew up in. It's crazy. I know. It's unbelievable. Um, well, I was about. I was going to say something when you were talking. <sighs> hey, do um, you want to know why? Um, uh, oh, where is it? Dang it! I just had it. Okay, you, know, you want to know the? Uh, um, go ahead, Bill. I was going to say, you want to know the bizarre reason why D&D clerics couldn't use swords back when I used to play, Brad? Sure. Because <laughs> I didn't have hands. No, nah, that's not it, man. Uh, clerics are obviously uh, uh, spellcasters. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, but... Um, uh, the in the early Dungeons and Dragons rules, you know, my days, um, uh, apparently clerics could not use bladed weapons uh, because apparently, uh, due to the uh, player's handbook in advanced D anD D, clerics didn't want to shed unnecessary blood, so uh, they were only allowed to use blunt bludgeoning weapons. Yes. Interesting. Um, I thought so too. I don't um, know if it's that way anymore. According to the evolution of fantasy role-playing games, there was a misconception that Odo of Bayou, 
the Odo was the Bishop of Bayou, not a changeling from DS9. But uh, apparently he was a real uh, person who fought during the Battle of Hastings. Um, in a picture, His picture can be seen in the Bayou Tapestry. Of course, Bayou is B-A-Y-E-U-X because it's French. Um, where he's shown leading men in a battle uh, wielding a club. And um, apparently there was a misconception that uh, he fought with a mace to avoid shedding blood as he has sworn a vow of nonviolence. Um, and now they say that uh, that apocryphal story uh, inspired several generations of clerics in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but none of them using swords. Hmm. So yeah. I'll have to look into you know, that. Uh, I'll get back to you on that. So you can rock the mace, hammer, or flail, though. Uh, Bill, but going back to when you were talking about golf, um, uh, a quick Sim- Simpsons reference that came up uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, my. Um, so early in the uh, in the Simpsons run, uh, there's an episode where Bart wanted a video game, and he ended up getting uh, instead of the video game, he wanted Lee Carvello's putting challenge. Okay, <laughs> and uh, the show ends with Bart playing the game, and, but from the point of view of the game, and uh, someone oh actually goodness. made a video game version of that where you can actually play that game nice. uh, in the like the the Simpsons world, and it's out there. You can play it. There's also a video of it. Uh, it's a it's a it's a one of those wonderful deep cuts that uh, Simpson fans will, uh, will appreciate. <laughs> I got to look this thing up, man. Surely there's an app for that, right? Uh, you, you have to, the way it was built, uh, you have to download it on a PC. It only works on a PC, but there's plenty oh, of videos okay. of people playing right. it. Nice. Uh, Brad, you were going to say, it looked like you were going to say something. I, yeah. Um, Bill was talking about the, the golf game. And I remember on one of my very first smartphones, when games were, uh, started to be a thing on smartphones, there was this one golf game that I downloaded and just played all the time. I don't remember which phone it was, or, but I understand the allure of, of the golf game. Yeah. See, there's supposed to be something zen-like about playing uh, video game golf. Yeah. You know, you're, there you're, is. You're out there on the imaginary course with the imaginary trees and the smell of the imaginary flowers and the the dew on the grass and all that. And um, um, unfortunately. You said dew. Do unfortunately, do, do. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, this uh, the the, uh, the the only PGA PDGA licensed uh, golf game right now is uh, uh, PDGA or uh, uh, the Golf Club 2019, and it um, it absolutely tells you that this is it's not a game, it's a simulator. Oh, okay, which means that it will kick your butt halfway to Sunday every time you try to play it unless you like cheat or you're a robot uh, because it's almost impossible to uh, to move the stick perfectly up and down at all times without ever you know adjust, you know accidentally adjusting the 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 pace or the, the whatever and so you're always shanking shots uh, here and there it's uh, it's crazy hey um um so uh, I'm still trying to decide I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to hate myself for buying the uh, uh, TGC 2021 when it comes out here in a couple of months, but uh, I'll buy it anyway, and uh, I'll wonder why I'm doing it. Shank hey, and in shots. Your honor. Shank and shots. Yeah. That's my favorite uh, Jackson Brown record. Thank you, thank you. That's uh, that's fantastic. Hey, um, in in your honor, uh, Brad, I'm going to spend the rest of the uh, episode, uh, and I don't know how much time we got left, but I'm going to spend the rest of the episode, and you guys got to figure out when. But I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to randomly mix in some of the 100 out of context quotes from 100 episodes of uh, of your uh, Critical Role uh, game. So you you tell me 
when I when one of these lines uh, is from the game and one of them is just from me. Well, again, I've only I'm only on episode thirty, so. Uh, okay. And fun. speaking of thirty, we hit our we did hit our mark. So why don't we go ahead and uh, and sign off? Wait, before I think we go, I wanted to. I've been working on my Bane impression. Okay. Now wait, what brought this up? I just just behind the scenes, I've been working on my Bane impression. I, re- oh, I recently I rewatched the I, Christopher I Nolan Batman Frank's, trilogy again. I don't know what Frank's problem is. I'm with you. I, if I you've just, watched Harley Quinn, you, you've gotten a, 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 an appreciation of Bane as well. Um, no, I just watched the trilogy recently, and so I just started thinking about Bane. I've been working on it. Okay, here we go. Oh, you think darkness is your ally, but you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but blinding. Nice. There you go. Nice. nice. All right. That's fantastic. Wow. My favorite uh, Bane line from Harley Quinn is uh, uh, from episode two where uh, Bane says, um, spoiler alert, it's not a real table. Good times. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the context. Go find it out. Um, so uh, I, I would also like to say that I think that the bust of a tiny curly head 120-year-old woman needs to slam its way into the torso of that manticore. I actually do know that's from Critical Role. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> I think I think Frank has the right idea though. Let's wrap it up. Well, well, Brad, I don't normally speak of the dead on a first date, but we'll think about it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode four ninety five of Half Hour Wasted. Uh, drop us an email at g- uh, Half Hour Wasted at Gmail, and uh, let's just move on until next week. We'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. <laughs> <laughs>